Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Okay, I think we're ready to start here, my friends. My name is Harry, and I'm your moderator this afternoon. I wasn't expecting a, uh, any applause, but uh, anyway, uh, welcome to, uh, to uh, Halloween uh, 2013 and to our, our uh, presentation. Uh, my name is Terry Shellington, uh, seriously speaking. Um, uh, and a special welcome to those of you who have orange on today. So <clears throat> if you're stuck, you can wear the napkin around your neck. Um, well, yes, and orange and black. Anyway, uh, turn off your cell phones, please, um, uh, and please put seven, $11 in the, uh, in the basket in the center. Somebody maybe can count it at each table. You know, we're a volunteer organization, and we always welcome memberships, and uh, Lisa or whoever is staffing the table in the corner here uh, will uh, be happy to uh, fix you up with a membership. And... Uh, uh, we really appreciate those uh, groups that partner with us. Uh, the University of Lethbridge, over the decades, has been very good to us. And thanks, too, to Shaw TV and uh, to Country Kitchen Catering that feed us so well and uh, also uh, to the Lethbridge Herald. So we'll follow our usual format. Uh, we'll hear the speaker for 25 minutes and, uh, or so and uh, then have lunch and then come back and uh, grill the dickens out of them. So... Uh, <coughs> Uh, now my pleasure is to introduce Austin. Austin and I have known each other for ages and ages and ages. Uh, we're both as old as dirt, um, but he's older. Um, he has a decade in theology from Glasgow University, and he really is an erudite. Uh, contrary to all appearances, he's really quite an erudite, erudite learned fellow. Um, he... Uh, he has served the church in many places, including uh, Southminster United Church, and uh, Austin has a passion for history, and so we thought he was the ideal person to lead us down the scary streets of Halloween and uh, find out what's on the other side. Austin. everybody. Um, I'm not sure how I got talked into this. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe some of you can guess. I wondered if somebody, as I thought about it, was trying to play a trick on me. Anyway, um, I'm not quite sure where there is an issue in today's subject. And um, an issue is a primary trademark of SACPOP. And one of the criteria which uh, is to be used in establishing programs. And I suppose there are several points in today's subject that uh, could be a source of contention. I do know that it is something of an issue between my wife and I. Um, she does disappear into the house someplace this evening and leaves me to attend to the door and hand out the candy. And if I want a pumpkin, then it's up to me to carve its face. I do like to see those little children who come to the door. I enjoy that very much and seeing what their costumes are. <clears throat> when we lived in Winnipeg several years ago, 
uh, three women came to our door in costumes with very fierce masks and asked Jean if they could come in. And she said, no, not until you identify who you are. But they wouldn't do so. And so she left them standing on the doorstep and closed the door. A few weeks later, she found out who they were. And on Valentine's Day, she sent a card to each of them saying, love from your secret admirer and no signature. (laughs) Well, now let's hear a little bit about the development of Halloween. It is the first day of a tritum, the first day of a three-day religious festival known as Hallowmass. The sequence is Hallow Eve, All Saints Day, and All Souls Day. Hallow stands for holy, as in hallowed be thy name, and Eve, as in Christmas Eve, the night before a key festival. The early church honored martyrs, giving them a special day in the year during which they could be honored and remembered. In the Middle Ages and still in some churches today, prayers are offered to the saints seeking their aid. There came a point where there were not enough days in the year uh, to uh, make room for all the martyrs, and so All Saints Day was created by Boniface IV, Pope Boniface, in 6 OD. Uh, In Syrian churches to the east, uh, they had already a century earlier begun the practice of of, uh, celebrating the lives of martyrs. And now the issue, of course, came, what about all those souls who were unrecognized and perhaps not yet admitted to heaven? And that gave rise to All Souls Day when prayers were offered. Uh, In the uh, Cluny houses of by 1000 A.D., Odolo had uh, established this as a special day, the All Souls Day, and there began the custom of creating soul cakes, small round cakes representing the souls of the dead, collected by children or the poor and used as a means of praying for the souls of the departed. And this may be the beginning of treat or uh, trick-or-treating. Shakespeare in the 1993 comedy Two Men from Verona has speed accuse his master of pulling or whimpering like a beggar on Hallowmass. The wearing of costumes was to prevent the living from being recognized by the dead seeking vengeance on Halloween before they moved on to the next world on All Saints' Day. Which reminds one of the masks worn in Vienna, now a carnival mask, but worn earlier by physicians who wanted to protect themselves from the plague. Another view is that costumes were worn in medieval Europe in order to imitate the martyred saints. Now, uh, Halloween has been influenced by customs from many other sources than Christian. In the uh, Celtic-Irish tradition, it was at the end, there was at the end of the harvest season, uh, a season, a special day called Sowen, spelt quite different than the way in which it sounds, or the date marking the end of summer and the beginning of winter, when it was thought that spirits or fairies could be free to roam, 
and the souls of the dead were free to revisit their homes. So candles would be lit in honor of them and to guide them back to their earthly homes. Games were played by trying to divine one's future. Nuts and apples became part of the rituals divining the future. And bonfires were created in order to scare off witches. In Scotland, guising or the wearing of costumes was followed by going from house to house, reciting verses or singing songs. And I remember my parents telling me that when I go from, from one house to house, I'd better be ready to say a verse or sing a song. And last Sunday, I heard a woman describing how she makes pies for her callers. If nothing was given, it was permitted to play a prank or do some mischief on the householder. And I might ask, do any of you ever remember soaping a window or throwing an egg at a car window? Do any of you remember doing that? Probably you don't want to admit it. In Radisson in Saskatchewan, where I grew up, young men late at night roamed the town, picking up every piece of furniture they could find or farm machinery or outhouses and filled the center of Main Street from one end to the other to the chagrin of the town employees the next day. It was the J.C.'s in the United States who introduced the idea of a haunted house, but they did so as an exercise in order to raise money. In France, another one of the imported customs of belief that the dead rose on Halloween night in one wild, hideous carnival known as the Dance Carnival, which has been portrayed on cathedrals and monasteries and cemeteries since. The symbols are numerous, aren't they? There's the jack-o'-lantern, which was carried in order to fend off evil spirits. And an Irish Christian uh, folktale tells of a soul denied entry into heaven. And this is taken from the Encyclopedia on Death and Dying. Here's how the story goes. On route home from a night's drinking, Jack encountered the devil who tricks him into climbing a tree. A quick-thinking Jack etches the sign of the cross on the bark, thus trapping the devil. Jack strikes a bargain that Satan can never claim his soul. And after a life of sin and drinking and lying, Jack is refused in heaven where he, when he dies, keeping his promise, the devil refuses to let Jack into hell and throws a live coal straight from the hells of fire at him. It was a cold night, so Jack places the coal in a hallowed-out turnip to stop it from going out, since which time Jack and his lantern have been roaming looking for a place to rest. That's one of the ways in which that jack-o'-lantern feat begins to make its appearance, one of the explanations. Imagine the turnip being a favorite carving at first. And I thought of that. Boy, that's a tough one to cut. <clears throat> but immigrants to North America, of course, found the pumpkin more to their liking and more available. Literature has produced its scary stories like Frankenstein, followed by classic horror films, The Mummy. And there are any number of them today, and the movie industry, as you know, takes advantage of the season to produce a new round of them. The skull is a vivid reminder of death, 
And many of the images of Halloween rise out of passages in Scripture dealing with the apocalypse. Black and orange and purple, as you've already been heard, are the colors of Halloween. In one of the schools in Red Deer, the teachers wear these colors instead of costumes today. Now, the commercialization is something you'd expect to hear about. $46 billion will be spent on Halloween this season in North America. And it was interesting to have a walk through the two big commercial Halloween stores at Center Village Mall. They are temporary businesses. They will close next week, but now they take full advantage of the opportunity to make a profit. The manager of the Chamber of Commerce is quite right. They are an expression of the entrepreneurial spirit, and they also create a demand for their product. Both are full of a variety of masks that you can buy, and one store particularly seems to be dominated by a variety of yard displays that one can buy that are intended to scare the passerby. Indeed, ahead of me, <clears throat> 10 feet ahead of me, an 18-year-old girl stepped on an activator pad and a bare-toothed, snarling, ugly weasel jumped out at her and she shrieked at the top of her voice. What if that had been a six-year-old? Both places have a very large display of costumes. <clears throat> One mother attended her 10-year-old daughter as she tried on a variety of costumes. And I thought, that young lady is being well-conditioned for her grade 12 grad. <laughs> and they might as well start saving money right now. They are not cheap. In another part of the same store, there were perhaps eight dressing rooms. The costumes are not about ghosts and goblins and gremlins. Those costumes are about sex. And this year's fad is foxes. Now, anyone shopping for food in the store these days will see the vast amount of candy put up for sale. And, of course, it's an opportunity for the merchants. And there will be lots of discounts next week on those packages. Now, some of the practices are over the top. One of the teachers tells me how paranoid many of the parents are now about letting their children go out on the streets and from home to home to collect candy. They are afraid for their children, afraid of what might be in the candy, razor blades or drugs, afraid that other children might uh, molest or rob them, and afraid that children, their children might be frightened. The zombies, about I must confess I know really very little, does seem to me over the top. The local paper, the journal, ran a couple of pages recently intending the piece to be humorous telling about where in our city you can flee to avoid the zombies and lists a variety of places where it might be quite safe to hide from them. Now, some of the lawn displays seem to me to, edge on the, to be on the edge of being offensive, mocking the dead, their graves and tombstones. And certainly here last week, death was never mocked. It seems to me a little over the top also to use the haunted houses for evangelical purposes, hoping to scare youth into Christianity. <laughs> Hardly a message of divine love. 
a very uh, bad representation of evil in the world. It would be far better to show them the bad side of politics. <laughs> I knew that one. Uh, the fruit of greed or the foolishness of overspending on costumes or how Albertans are getting themselves deeper and deeper into debt, deeper than citizens of any other province in our country. The American Tract Society is a little more creative in handing out over three million copies of gospel tracts. Now there are some mitigating influences in the light of the extremes, and these are uh, exercised by various groups in our community. In one school, only the kindergartners come for a half day allowed, allowed to wear their costumes and to dress up. The staff in that school found that if all the students were allowed to dress up, many of them were staying home to get their costumes ready and skipping school. So what they do in that case is they let the kindergartners come for their half-day session, but the rest of the young people in the school are provided with a dance earlier in the week. And if there is any kind of singing or other music that touches on Halloween, the children whose parents object were excused in order to engage in some other activity in the school. In still another school, the children are allowed to wear costumes half the day, and they can bring them to school in the morning and change at noon. Or they may be excused at noon to hurry home and change. And then during the course of the afternoon, there will be classes in the classroom for the youngsters to enjoy. In one of our churches here in the city, there will be a party for children tonight. And the explanation for that party is that they want to take children off the street. Our dentists, for obvious reasons, handed out toothbrushes and toothpaste at the door to children who were calling. <laughs> Another dental clinic in our city, the Able Dental Group, will buy back candy from the children a dollar per pound and ship it off to overseas troops. Um, I didn't know what I thought of that. <laughs> I said, if it was dentists that were doing why would you want the troops to have it any more than children? Anyway, and we must give credit to the newspapers for serious efforts to make Halloween safe for children. The Herald, the Globe and Mail, the Journal have all published pieces telling how to make safer Halloween more safe. The UNICEF appeals were an attractive edition a few years ago, and the police have done something similar to the newspapers to encourage safety tonight, with, particularly with motorists in mind. Another mitigating group is the modern-day Druids, rather, who want us to return to a celebration of Sowen, or Salmon, a harvest festival. The Humane Society has stopped selling or giving away black cats during this period, and in some cases the shopping malls have become the favorite for those who are looking for treats rather than for children going from house to house. Some community groups, like the Boys and Girls Club, have planned programs for children tonight. Now there are some vigorous opponents, some very vigorous opponents. A woman told me last week how her mother attends a church in the city where the pastor has said that to observe and celebrate Halloween in any fashion would be a passage to hell. What ignorant advice. It has paid no attention to the roots of Halloween, and it has missed a good opportunity to sell the lives of some very great people. Others turn out the lights of their house tonight 
and that is the way of expressing their opposition to it. All the lights in the house are shut off to send a message to anyone going by that there's nobody at home and the trick-or-treaters can skip that house. Now, other parents do their best to shield their children from Halloween. When my wife was teaching piano lessons, some parents were explicit saying that no Halloween songs or pieces of music should be taught. And choral teachers in the schools have some parents cautioning them in the same way to ask their children be excused from such singing. Now, some parents do not want their children involved, and so will plan to use this evening in another way, such as having dinner out, or a good choice of movies and some games for the whole family. Hindus and Muslims and some Jews forbid Halloween being practiced or exercised in their house altogether. Now, let's return to the roots as we sum up. Other festivals also are being eyed by the, uh, by the Grinch, as you would probably be aware, separating its current cel- their current celebration from their roots. And it's easy to see that the current Halloween has been severed from its roots. It's almost impossible to find activities carried on today that have any connection with the inception of Halloween uh, or All Saints' Day. The separation is almost complete the Grinch has almost been successful. The Tritum was meant to honor Christian martyrs and deceased faithful members of the church. And the vigil before major festivals, begun the night before, gave rise to All Hallows' Eve. It's clear, of course, that all kind of imports have found their way into Halloween, and undoubtedly there is more to come. What the Grinch has not done is erase the memory and record of such notables as Martin Luther, Mother Teresa, or Martin Luther King Jr., and many more honored within the Christian community. The Canadian Legion is a useful illustration of how to hold on to your roots. It is a firm date in our national calendar, and there are a variety of causes that are used to sustain it. Remembrance Day focuses on remembering those who died in defense of our country or our political way of life. Their names are posted publicly for all to see. Rites and rituals are performed to keep alive the memory. And an organization is dedicated to this remembrance. And heaven help any business that refuses to allow poppy distribution. Here in Lethbridge, there are churches active in preserving All Saints Day. There will be two services in the churches of All Saints Parish. I just love that name that they've chosen All Saints Parish, but that's another story, isn't it? There will be two services in their churches tomorrow on November the 1st. And at McKillop United on November the 3rd, there will be called Memorial Day when members and friends who have passed away during the last year will have their names read and remembered. At St. Augustine's Anglican Church this morning, October the 31st, Halloween Day, All Hallows' Eve, parishioners heard these words. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and grant, O God, the grace to follow the saints in virtuous and godly living and be joined to their company. Well, there we are. Now we'll eat and then we'll have a talk.
So I hope you enjoy your lunch and think of some questions to stump Austin. He's not really that hard to stump, so you should be able to be successful. Yeah. Wow. <laughs>